Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Title of today's message is Do Not Let People, Especially Yourself, Destroy Your Destiny. Do not let people, now everybody listen, listen, needs to listen to these two words. This has to do with me, this has to do with you, especially yourself. Destroy your destiny. My entire Christian life, I got saved in 1987. I was raised Catholic. I got saved in 1987 when I was 18 years old at Venice Assembly of God. And ever since then, I rarely see a Christian who needs to have a demon dispatched to them. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. I've never seen a Christian who needs a demon dispatched to them. But what I've seen my entire Christian life is the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that. And rarely, if ever, is it the devil. And you've probably heard me preach this before, but the devil is not omnipresent. So how is he tormenting somebody in Tahiti and you at the same time? He's not omnipresent. He only has a certain amount of demons to dispatch. I want you to think about it. On the earth, there are eight billion people. Eight billion people. And you honestly believe that if you're never winning anybody to the Lord, never healing the sick, never giving sight to the blind, not even bringing anybody to church that the devil has dispatched demons to you? It reminds me of the argument that I had in, in, in Chile, at Chili's in Venice with a, with a brother in Christ, I shall call him Steve. That was his name. That is his name. <laughs> Like I use the King James language, I shall. <laughs> so with Steve, Steve was telling me this is a man who doesn't believe for healing, doesn't tithe. And I asked him, I said, why are you exactly the where, you know, why are you the way you are? And he started talking to me about 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Paul's thorn in the flesh. And I said, do you honestly believe that you're in the same category as Paul? <laughs> that you are given a thorn in the flesh to keep you humble. From what? Humble from what? Not winning anybody to the Lord? Humble from what? Not giving? Humble from what? Not tithing? Humble from what? Not healing anybody? You're needing, you're needing a thorn in the flesh for what? Not only do you not know the scripture and what a thorn in the flesh is, which correlates, again, destroyed for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. But 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Paul's thorn in the flesh correlates directly with Numbers 33, 55. If you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that whoever you let remain shall be an irritant. What am I hearing now? 
Goodness. Mute. Whomever you let remain will be an irritant in your eye and a thorn in your flesh. In other words, you're letting, and what was going on with Paul at that time? What was happening with Paul was that he was going from synagogue to synagogue, preaching grace and being followed up, look at me now, by Christians going in and saying, you also have to be circumcised. So he was saying, those people are a thorn in my flesh. Christians are like, he had an eye problem. Where? Show it to me in scripture. Is, is your Jesus the word of God or the name of Jesus? It's nowhere in the Bible that Paul had an eye problem. We know, we know he wasn't a great orator. That's all we really know. But Christians will make up anything to not live in the miraculous. Christians will make up anything to not have any responsibility whatsoever. Christians will do anything and say anything to not live up to Matthew chapter 17, 19 through 21, where it's our unbelief that's the problem. They'll do anything. Do not let people, especially yourself, destroy your destiny, just like what was happening with Steve. Completely disabled, a corralled off Christian. To this day, he put out pictures of himself on Facebook going through a Taco Bell drive-thru with, with gloves on and a mask. What Bible are you reading, Steve? He's let a false prophet into his life. The number one false prophet for most Christians lies in the gray matter between their ears. They choose a Jesus of their own creation instead of Jesus of the Bible or Jesus who is the Bible. There is no other Jesus but the Bible. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. Now let's focus on verse 9. No eye has seen... No ear is heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now let us ask this question. I will tell, I'll, I'll, I'll make you comfortable. This is not currently my life. Why is it not? And now you need to ask yourself this question. Do I live a life of what no eye has seen? No ear has heard. No mind has conceived my life. See how quiet it is in here? Good. We need to ask ourselves, why do I not have it? Because a false prophet. And why is it that we're telling ourselves 
that we do have this life when we don't. Oh, there's gonna be a worldwide revival. Done by who? I have heard over and over, I have lived in Florida since 1980. And I have heard people come up and say, Florida's about to be on fire. Yeah, different, different, different enunciations, different vernacular, fire. Fire, whatever. I, I see it now. There'll be, a, there'll be a burning in Miami and it'll sweep up the east coast to Daytona, to Jacksonville, then back down the west coast to Tampa, to Sarasota, to Fort Myers. Where? They aren't coming unless they see us have this life. How's the revival gonna happen without you? We have to be living a life that no eye has seen. No ear. Now listen, I've tasted this life. I'm in the midst of tasting it now, and I'm 53. I got saved when I was 18. I want you to think of the wasted years. Don't let that be you. How much longer are you going to live in blatant dishonesty with yourself? Ask yourself right now. Here's a good question everybody needs to ask. Does my wife right now hate me? (laughs) Ask her. (laughs) Wife, ask yourself the same question. Be honest with yourself. Go to people who will tell you. A lot of us, we can't hear the Holy Ghost because our mind is the Holy Ghost for us. Whatever you hear popping into your head is the Holy Ghost. You're like, no, I don't look at it that way. If you obey it, then it is. Well, I'm depressed today, therefore it's a depression day. I'm bipolar. Who's telling you that? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The most, the saddest people I've ever met are inside the church. I lived in the world. You're like, Tom, all you've ever done is pastor a church. No, I've only been pastoring only for four years. I've been pastoring for 17. But I've, I've exclusively pastored for only four years. Up till four years ago, I was full-time Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, badge number 913. For 25 years, 13-year overlap with Foundation Church. I've been out in the world. I met way more miserable people in here. Why is that? Because Jesus is a deadly poison. He will come in and he will, you know, you, you get saved and you now know that the world's not the answer. The next party's not the answer. Alcohol's not the answer. The world doesn't know that. I, live, I worked with the same people for 25 years. And to this day, they believe that the next trip to Key West is the answer to life. Same age as me. They trail their boat down there. They have their $60,000 truck and their $60,000 boat and I always wondered how they could afford it when I couldn't, but they did somehow and they went that way. 
and they look forward to it because there's hope. See, they're cold. They're not lukewarm. If you're cold, there's actually hope. You're like, you know what? When I retire, I'll be happy. If you're a Christian, you know it's not the case. Because the Holy Ghost is endlessly drawing you and goading you and telling you that that's not the answer. But we keep trying to make the world's answers our answers. And that includes relationships with people. Your eyes should not be fixed on anything that you can see, including a human being. If it is, you are lost. Even if you're saved, you're lost while you're living on this earth. That's why in the church, Jesus is a deadly poison. He burns off the hope that's in the world. So now we have nothing. If your hope's not in going after and pining and striving for the Holy Ghost, then what is your hope in? In one, one relationship after another, one job after another, one vacation after another, one backslide after another, there's never an answer. But see, the world's out there and they actually have hope. This, they're gonna die and go straight to hell. Don't misunderstand me. But in their eyes, they have hope. That's why the most miserable people I've ever met are Christians. And we're gonna win the lost? How are we gonna win the lost when we're fixated on our own feelings? I need counsel. Devil's got me again. Why? Why? How does the devil have you? Amen. I'll amen myself. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but it's revealed by the Spirit. Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude, Jude verse 20. How many of us do that? My wife actually asked somebody this week who has a miserable wife and probably has a miserable life because he has a miserable wife. How often does she pray? Seems to know everything there is to know about everything. I know her. I can't tell you her name. <laughs> Yet. Give it some time. He give, makes all kinds of excuses about her. My wife asked, does she ever pray? She study the word. She spend time and does she spend time with the Lord? No, but she knows everything. Is she living a life that no eye has seen? No, she never wins a soul, never brings, a, never brings anybody to church. And if she sees anything spiritual that's out of her element, she makes fun of it. Calls it kundalini. Don't worry, any kundalini going on, I'll extinguish the kundalini. I will keep you safe. The rod and staff that I have, that's a pastoral authority. You know, the pastors, correct pastors, shepherds, also have a sharp blade. What do they do with that? Got a problematic sheep? Bye-bye. You're like, Tom, nobody preaches like this. I know, but you need to understand something. I don't care. You, you got to get this, you're like, no, that's your shtick. It's not. 
You just, you must not, you don't know me personally then. If you were around me enough, you would see, he really doesn't care. I love you enough not to care about stupid, silly things. I love you enough to give you the word. Some of it, I'll be honest with you, is selfish. I don't want you coming up to me in heaven or looking up to, up to me from hell, begging me for a drop of water, saying, Tom, you never told me. You won't be able to say that here. Your steps are ordered, Psalm 37, 23. Plans are, are planned out, but your plans are known. Jeremiah 29, 13, 11 through 12, all the way to 13. Most Christians do not come close to this life, to this destiny. Because a person is allowed to destroy it. Look at James chapter one, in verse 14. Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. We're gonna, that, that's James 1, 14 and 15. Let's skip 15 and focus on 14. Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Most Christians right now, and it's not the devil, it's your own carnality, are being dragged away and enticed. Their own evil desire. You're like, Christians have evil desire? Absolutely. Unless your mind is fully, fully conformed, transformed, then there's still some evil in there. And most Christians are being dragged away from the life that God has for them by their own evil desires. See, everything like that, everyone correlates that with sexual sin or alcohol or drugs. No, an evil desire can be selfishness. An evil desire can be, you know what, I wanna be on the worship team, but you can't sing. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've dealt with that? I hesitate to ever even open the door for worship team tryouts because I know people are gonna leave the church. What's it called? It's not The Voice. What was the first one? American Idol. I, I used to watch, I know they're setting up some of those simpletons, I know that. But some of the people that walked in there, I'm like, what are you doing? You obviously cannot sing. But there was a parent out there with them saying, oh, he's so good. He's horrible. And then you stick that person with me. It's actually evil to sit there and go, you know what, I wanna be on the worship team. I want to sing and you can't sing. Learn to be a drummer. Seriously, you learn to play the guitar. Learn to play the piano. But no, I have to be a singer. But you can't sing. It's actually an evil desire. People always think that it has to be something simple. No, each one is dragged away and enticed by their own evil desires and ruining the life that God has for them. If you're sitting there and you can't sing and you're fixated on being on the worship team, are you actually in the groove of God's life for you? It's impossible. Everybody has to be a preacher. 
You're like, well, that's easy for you to say, Tom. That voice right there means you're out of the will of God. <laughs> Seen so many marriages like that. Well, he can do whatever he wants. I'm like, okay, grab. Good luck with that. But you can't be in the, in the groove of God when it's your own evil agenda that's dragging you away from it. Do you want attention? You know, like Tom, you know what? You get, you get all the attention. You, you get a lot of attention. You know why? Because I have no desire for it. Again, if you, oh yeah, sure, Tom, sure. It's true. Ask anybody who knows me personally. You're like, well, God, I've told you this before. Well, you know, God could absolutely find somebody nicer. They're not available. They've been dragged away and enticed. So he had to come to me. He comes to me. They're not available. All the nice people aren't available. They're all masked up and vaxxed and closed. I was talking to Jonathan Shuttlesworth what was it? When did I go? Friday night? Friday night? I was talking to him at Pastor Rodney's, up in Pastor Rodney's office. He's kind of my conduit to the world because he's an evangelist and travels. In between, he also pastors a church in Pittsburgh. And obviously, Pastor Rodney has, has said the same thing. You know all these churches right now? Oh, I'd love to name names. Lord, let me off the hook with that. Okay. No names. You sure, Lord? Okay, no names. There's churches out there. I could, I could drop a mega name on you right now. Had thousands upon thousands of people. He's got 600 now. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's not complicated. You, you teach people, hey, you know what? We're going to do Zoom services and you don't have to attend church anymore. Guess what they're going to do from now on? You've taught them not to attend church. And it's happening all over the place. Churches of thousands. Now of 150. The church building that we're in right now was killed off by COVID. They were hurting already. COVID came in and finished them off. So ask yourself things like this. Do I want attention? Do I want fame? Do you know, you know what I want? To preach the word. Whatever God, whatever God, whatever door God opens, just preach the word. You're like, Tom, if it was all taken away from you. Listen, our first Sunday here, we had 1,300 people in the building. We do not have that now. Why? Because of me? It wasn't because of, of Jeff. It wasn't because of Aaron. It wasn't even because of Hope. If it wasn't me, it'd have to be Hope. <laughs> oh, but Phil, I mean, absolutely Phil. We probably got, I'm looking around here, probably got 60, 70 empty seats in here. We got 855 set out. Not doing bad. We got 900 people in the building right now. That's good. That's great. Amen? It's good stuff. But most pastors, when they saw that 1,300, they start to change their Bible. They start to change their preaching. Because they want to hold on to people. Nope. If you notice, there was no hesitation. 
Because you see, I adhere to the voice of the Spirit and to the Word of God. Not to crowds and not to people. It doesn't mean I don't like a big crowd. I do, I like a big crowd. I, 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 listen, I have preached to obviously very small crowds and I have preached to very large crowds. I have preached to tens and I have preached to thousands. It's better with thousands. It's funner with thousands, for sure. So I'm not saying I'm immune to all that, but what it is, it's a priority. What I prioritize is, what did God have me preach this week? And it doesn't matter who's in the room. I wouldn't care if Donald Trump came in and he picked our church to be the one that he attends for the week. I'm not, if God told me to start talking about vaccine pimps and whores, which he is one, I would do it. You're like, Tom, I thought you loved Trump. I do love Trump, he's pro-life. Doesn't mean he didn't pimp and whore vaccines, cause he did. I'm an equal opportunity offender. Back to the message. You ever find yourself wanting attention? Do you want fame? Look at these Bible verses. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. Only by pride cometh contention. Why does, why does worship teams always fight? You're like, Tom, you're always picking on worship teams. That's because I've dealt with them for years and I've been on them. Why do they always fight? Pride. There's no other reason. Let's look at this. For the love of money is the root of all evil, correct? Only by pride cometh contention. You're like, no, because people have snapped at me before and I didn't have any pride. It didn't say people snapping, it says contention. That means battling between two people. The only way that there's a battle between two people is if there's pride. I recently, I don't want to tell you exactly how recently because it's really recent as, of, as, as in today. <laughs> I bit my wife's head off today. You're like, well, how are you guys good right now? Because I quickly apologized. I knew I was wrong. I don't sit there and hold on to it all day and act like I'm right like some of you. The only way there was going to be contention then is if she got prideful. Like, but you were the one who was wrong. Yeah, but you can be wrong right back by acting in pride. That's the only thing that causes contention if there's pride. Somebody cuts me down. Who cares? Is it Jesus saying it? If it's not Jesus saying it, then who cares? And if it is Jesus saying it, he's right. Right? Only by pride cometh contention. People want attention. People want fame. I'm around these circles now. Occasionally I kind of sense when I'm around Pastor Rodney, Rodney Hour Brown, I sense other pastors being a little jealous. I'm like, I'm not here for anything. Take him, take all the time you want. Do what you, I mean, I, it's not gonna do anything for me. Do whatever, God is, God's plans are ordained. He'll use whoever he sees fit. If a person chooses not to be used to propel you along, God will find another one. Or God will not use any person and do it himself. Well, he, you know, he might be getting more attention than I'm used to get. Who cares? What are you doing? It's a person. 
Galatians 5, 26. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Why does he get all the attention? I don't get anything. You're already off. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. That's, no, you will never see any of that. If that's your attitude, do you believe that people have to be removed out of the way for the will of God to be fulfilled in your life? That people have to be eliminated so you go behind their back and gossip and try and tear them down so maybe they'll get fired so that you can take their spot? You think that's God's way? Why does that happen inside the church? Church politics destroys more Christians than any demon. And it never needs to happen. What do you do? Well, you know, I'm really not getting the attention that I want on the worship team right now. People just aren't able to see me shine. Well, what should you do then? Serve. Serve. Here's the thing. Guess who's going to be worshiping you in heaven? Nobody. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to care at all about you in heaven. They're all going to run to Jesus. What are you going to do then? Glory grabber? It's very satanic to want glory. That's why he fell. That's why Lucifer fell. He wanted glory. Why do you want it? You're like, what kind of hurricane did I walk into? This is what church should be. Not, too, not a whole lot, not thunderous applause there now. That was like a golf clap, you know. There's all kinds of, I'm, I run in these circles now. And I see conservatives. They're really not even conservatives. You know, they're trying to jump on the whole COVID train, become a big name. I saw it when I went to, uh, what was it, Clay, what's his last name? Clay Clark's, spoke at Clay Clark's, whatever it was called, I can't remember. Reawaken, thank God for Aaron. Reawaken America. I'm the one who spoke there and Aaron remembers the name. What would I do without him, seriously? Seriously, love you, buddy. Reawaken America. Aaron walked around there with me. There's a lot of people in there pining. You know, they want, they want to become a celebrity via COVID. They want, because it's an opportunity. They don't really believe anything. They're not operating in principle. They're operating in expediency. It's not gonna happen at this church. We're gonna stand in the word of God. But ask yourself, is this me? Let us not be desirous of vainglory. Provoking one another, envying one another, understanding that at that very moment, God has corralled you off and you'll never get anything that you want. Here's another one. Do you want to be thanked? You're like, Tom, don't you ever thank people? Of course. Part of the end times falling away are unthankful people. 2 Timothy chapter three. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. I'm a very, very thankful person. But if I see somebody who lives for thanks, 
Watch out. I'll purposely snub you. Because you're messed up and you're missing out. See, people think that when you preach a message like this, that it's all about you. No, it's all about you. I want you to live a life. Understand, I desire for you to live a life that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even conceived. But you're hung up. There's chains around you. You're like, Tom, how did you break out? I'm not fully out yet. I still have chains around my neck, but there's less than there used to be. Because I did things that were uncomfortable for me. I tucked myself under the wing of a pastoral authority. It's way easier to pastor when you have no pastor. Now I'm accountable. That's not comfortable for me. How about you? The River Church is not comfortable for me either. I spurned that church for years. No interest in it. But I've gotten out there and I'm getting zapped by the Holy Spirit and humiliated by the Holy Good. Pastor Rodney brought me up there. I could not speak. My words sounded like this. Uh, come on, he was, uh, he's, holding, he's, got his, he's got his security holding me up. You know, it's a lot of tonnage to hold up. So he's hunting, huddling me up. Say something. Uh, I, I can't, I don't know what, I don't, I don't have any, and he keeps goading you. Come on, say something. He grabbed me by the arm. 3,000 people right there at a men's conference. I think it was, I've been to so many conferences, I don't know which one it was, but anyway, so he grabs me by the arm and he parades me in front of them all and he said, watch, watch. And he would just walk by the crowd and the place would erupt. People fall to the ground, people laughing, people crying. He's saying nothing. Why was he doing that with me? He was saying, you know what? It's not about you. Are you willing to receive that? I am. And look where it's taken us. I can't believe you're not more excited. Do you know how supernatural it is? Most churches right now are closing, getting smaller. And we're expanding and getting bigger. So do you want to be thanked? Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He'll take care of it. Oh, Tom, man, I spent hours and hours serving at this church when we were building the inside of this thing. Well, good, who are you doing it for? Hope never said a word. Tom never said a word, never thanked me. You're like, where do you get this from? I've been in the church since 1987. And I see it all the time. Nobody ever said anything, so, you know. I see this, this is a very common one. We left the church and nobody even called us. I ain't calling you. <laughs> if you don't have the testicular fortitude, I mean that exactly as I just said it, to come up to me and say whatever your problem is, I'm not calling you. 
And most of the time, you know who I hear from? The wife. You gelding. No wonder you got a mask on your face. Again, church politics destroys more Christians. You're like, man, there must be a whole lot of problems at this church. There's none. There's none. You know why? Because I don't allow it. No clips, no, cli no clicks, no games, no money grubbing. You ever notice that? You ever notice there's no clicks here? There's no games? There's no money grubbing? There's nothing. Doesn't happen. I don't want to allow it. You're like, well, that means you must have to get people to go. That's right. You normally the message takes care of it. I don't have to say nothing. <laughs> Usually the, the sermon takes care of it for me. But when I've had to, I've told people, I told a guy right over there in front of the, right under the cross. At the cross. At the cross. I told him, this isn't the church for you. That's right. He came up to me. He said, you know what? Would you take some constructive criticism? You're like, Tom, are you beyond criticism? Uh, from him, yeah. Who do you take criticism from, Tom? Well, I'll take it from Pastor Rodney. I'll take it from Pastor Jonathan. I'll take it from my wife and from my kids, from Aaron, from Jeff Tomas, people who I've served with for years. They have an open door to come in and criticize me. But on your first Sunday, You're an idiot. You have no social etiquette at all. You're so proud. I'm not prideful at all. I live with hope lightly. I can't be full of pride. Everything's an open door. Everything's transparent. Norma just goes, true. Right or wrong, you will know where hope stands and where you stand with her. And I'm not much different. I'm a little bit more hesitant. And yeah, people, yeah, people actually know, I'll say this again because there's a lot of new people here. People avoid me and go to hope. You're You're stupid. You're better off getting with Heather and scheduling an appointment with me. And I don't take all appointments either. Oh, man, you're an arrogant son of a gun, aren't you? No, not wasting my time. People don't want to ask me questions about Bible verses. Study it yourself. I don't call Pastor Rodney and ask, hey, what's your interpretation of I've got eyes. I have, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I can study it myself. God will reveal it to you. Do we ever read the Bible? As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. Whoops! Doesn't mean that we don't sit under pastoral authority, but you should want pastors, not need them. Back to church politics. Destroys way more people than demons ever will. 
because the evil desires of Christians have never been crucified. Paul wrote, I am crucified with Christ. And he won the most people. I am crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. He's done. Romans 8, 7, and 8. You hear this verse all the time. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. It's written to Christians in Rome. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Not in faith. People always misquote that verse. Or they go to the NIV, which is always wrong, by the way. Unless it's the 84 version. Watch the new one. Why? Because they made it gender neutral. Watch it. I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people for certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality. Watch them, Jude 3 and 4. The false prophet that comes to you will be a person who calls themselves a Christian. If they're not calling themselves a Christian, it's just a wicked person trying to take you off course. Watch the false prophets. Do we want to be thanked? Do we want fame? Galatians 6, 14. But God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. God forbid that I should glory. 1 Corinthians 5, 6. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, and you want to be thanked? If it comes your way, great. Some of us, it would, have been, it would have behooved us greatly to work a thankless job. Like I did for 25 years. Everybody loves the firefighters. Firefighter calendars. <laughs> Stand on street corners with their boots and everyone sprints to them to jump money in there. What do I got? Nothing. Oh, here come the firefighters. He's like, Tom, you sound jealous. Darn right. And I love firefighters and paramedics. They saved my butt more than once on police calls. I love them. However, some of us, it would be great to not be thanked. Yeah, hey, I just arrested your husband. I busted down the door. And your husband's kicking your teeth in, and you're punching me in the back of the head while I'm doing it. <laughs> and then you call the state attorney and say you don't want to press charges against them. Thankless. Some of us, it would be great for us to serve like that for a while. Again, you're saying, Tom, you're not going to come up and thank people for serving at the church? Yeah, I will. Somewhat. You should be serving Jesus. 
Serve Jesus. Some of us, listen, this is good for some of you too. This is not nothing to do with the message. Some of, listen, some of you, you do a flat out horrid job at the church. No, see, nobody will preach this. See, I'm looking over here, man. At least you see the faces over in this particular section. You're great everywhere else. You're on time. You bring you the best. You come to the church and it's a dung heap for you. You're late. You're unprepared. You're a guitar player who doesn't know how to play. Your room's a disaster that you minister in. I know, because it all comes back to me. You think that I don't know, I know. I never will understand that. It's like I couldn't understand the heap that they left this building in. How do you, how do you, how, when the building is on fire, do you duct tape the holes shut? See, people, they're serving a religious institution. When I come to preach here, I'm prepared. I'm ready because I'm doing it for Jesus himself, not even you. And I, listen, I love all of you. Seriously, I do. But I, I prepare messages for him. I prepare, I prepare podcasts for him. I give all that I have to those things for him. My office is clean for him. Why don't you bring God your best? Why are you throwing things together at the last minute? Why do you not know your part that you play up here? Why? Why are you not perfect for Jesus? Because you're serving a man or you are serving an institution and it's boring. Serve Jesus instead. Serve him. Glory grabbing is dangerous business. First Peter chapter five, verses six and seven. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. What people want is they want to be exalted without ever doing step one. Humble yourself. Oh, I'm offended, you know, Tom's probably talking about me with that room, you know, I mean, I do the best I can, bull crap. Bull crap. Don't tell me that's the best you can do. You're welcome. You're gonna drive people right out of here. Listen, I'd rather have 100 people who are absolutely sold out and doing things in excellence than a religious institution that butt kisses people into staying. No. That's why everybody's so weak and vulnerable. All you had to do is present them with a 99.9% survival virus. And everybody's shut, and I mean everybody. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Well, I'm not getting what I want. You haven't humbled yourself. And you don't even humble yourself to get what you want. 
But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's an and, not a so. You just do it for Jesus. Humble yourself. He'll exalt you in due time. You know why a lot of people can't pull it off? You just, I'll use Aaron and I as an example. Do you know what Aaron and I do? Grind. Shots on goal. Grind day after day after day. He doesn't always feel like doing the podcast. I don't always feel like doing the podcast. He doesn't always feel like worship leading. I don't always feel like preaching. But you grind day in and day out. You're humble. You're doing what you're supposed to do in excellence. And then God will exalt you in due time. All the while, while you're not looking to be exalted, you're looking to serve Jesus. You know, the the whole Pastor Rodney thing, that never happened because I was seeking to be friends with him. That was pure rage. It wasn't even, it wasn't even righteous. It was actually sinful. All day long, throwing temper tantrums, seriously. I struggle with anger. (laughs) Drove up to the church, did a video. That's that's all that it was. But for the years of day in and day out, coming to the church, ready, prepared, doing things in excellence, demanding that everybody does things in excellence, the church will be clean. You will be prepared. Day in and day out, putting those shots on goal. And God suddenly opens a door because the first part was taken care of first. Everybody wants to be exalted. Everybody wants a microphone. Everybody wants to be, everybody wants to pastor the church. You don't know. Michael Bolton, you don't know what it's like. It's great now. It hasn't always been great. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. What's the next verse? Be sober, be vigilant. Vigilant, shots on goal, excellence, grinding it out day in and day out. I've been teaching this same class for years now There's a reason why it hasn't grown. Well, are you willing to accept it? Or is that too much? Is is the truth a threat to your facade? The truth right now around the globe is what's causing most of the problems that you're seeing. The reason why Ukraine is happening is because the truth is emerging and Ukraine is used to cover it up. The truth is emerging. The numbers are coming out. November, November draweth nigh. The numbers are coming out. 298,000 excess deaths in 2021 in comparison to the great COVID year of 2020. Strange, isn't it? The CDC has shut down all hospitalization numbers and all death numbers for the vaccinated. 
shut them down. But they're coming out in Scotland. They're coming out in the UK. They're coming out in Australia. They're coming out in Israel. Or 80 to 90% of your vaccine deaths are fully vaccinated people. That's an absolute fact. Where do you get that from? Oh, just Scotland's Bureau of Statistics. Just the UK's Bureau of Statistics. It's not lies. Listen, I'm not much for Euro anything. Not a fan. America has to go in there and save their butts all the time. Not a big fan. However, their health systems are far more honest than ours. They are. 90% of COVID hospitalizations in Israel, who's on their fourth booster, on their fourth shot, the second booster, are fully vaccinated people. See, what's happening is this. You end up with ADE or blood clots from taking the vaccination. You basically end up, it's not HIV, but it is an immunodeficiency. In a huge one. It's, it's basically the vaccine version of ADE, the vaccine version of HIV. Antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome. So all these people, COVID, by, so everybody knows, as everybody is saying in Canada and saying in the United States, well, you know, right now we're out of the orange zone. We're out of the red zone right now. COVID is everywhere. It is proliferating around the globe. Record numbers everywhere. Record numbers in South Korea. Everybody in South Korea is mandated to wear an N95 mask. COVID's through the roof. It's all a giant cover-up because the numbers are coming out. Understand it. That's the truth. But people, again, my point in all of this was the truth violates the agenda, the facade of the globalist bourgeois elitists. They would never let the truth violate their philosophy. And they know they're lying. And we need, as a church, we need to strap on black robes and actually say things about it because people's lives are at stake. What they're gonna pull off is this. Now, I'm not saying they're gonna pull off. What they're gonna try to pull is this. Everybody's catching COVID right now, right? Well, because most populations, Western populations, are 70 to 90% vac vaccinated, including the, U the U.S. So everybody of those, those vac I mean, Jen Psaki just caught it again for the second time in six months. Neil Cavuto, second time in a year in the hospital. Klaus Schwab has triple COVID, whatever the crap that is. <laughs> Hillary Clinton's got it. See, here's the thing. <laughs> no, they clap. <laughs> Be not deceived, God is not mocked. We're the only church in America that claps for that. <laughs> no, there's one in Tampa that would clap too. But, and one in Pittsburgh that would clap too. But what they're going to try to pull is this. Is since everybody's getting COVID, they're going to say, look how bad COVID is. The reason why they're catching COVID, Omicron, which is less than a common cold, the reason why they're catching is they have no immune system left. 
Every shot you take takes away your immune system. First, second, when you get boosted, it's gone. You need to be healed at that point and probably permanently gone. And what they'll say is, well, look at everybody catching COVID. Look how bad it is. They're catching COVID because they have no immune system and then they'll funnel them back to the vaccines again. Fauci's out again. Somehow somebody let the monkey off the chain. The garden gnome has been released. He's back out on all the talk shows. He's talking about the, the fourth booster. We're gonna need a bo another a fourth shot. And talking about vaccine efficacy, it's the path. I watched him. We played it on the podcast, talking to Cavuto, who just got out of the hospital. Cavuto's thin for the first time in his life. <laughs> He's hospitalized. And, and it's funny, because we were watching this, and I said this to to Aaron and Will last night. I'm saying, it looks like Kabuto might be waking up. He's starting to go, well, there's a real dark side of things that says that the vaccines might be causing this. But I talk to smart people like you, Anthony Fauci, and they tell me the opposite. How do you run from the fact that 18 to 44-year-olds in the second half of 2021 had a Vietnam War happen to them? 61,000 excess deaths that we know about. And all those deaths come in late because most of them don't die in hospitals. So it will probably double. They had a Vietnam War in one year, 18 to 44 year olds, and nobody says a word, including the churches. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And the churches don't say a word about the Holocaust of human life? Well, I don't really stand where you stand with the vaccines, Tom. You might want to change. You might want to change. This is, this is not gospel. This is back. No, it's human life. You telling me abortion isn't gospel? Nobody should talk about abortion? You got a fully viable... Was it Aaron? Was it Massachusetts? Was that the guy? The... Maryland, see, that's why. See what I mean? <laughs> Remembers everything. Maryland, the legislature, legislator, is trying to pass a bill where you can abort your baby 28 days after he or she is born. Oh, that's right-wing conspiracy. That's Alex Jones. Well, Alex Jones is right 90% of the time. He may go off his rocker with some lizard people stuff, but overall, <laughs> he was the only one saying there was a pedophile island. There ain't nobody else that Billy Clinton flew out to 26 times. But don't worry, he's safe from COVID, according to Hillary. <laughs> On Twitter, she actually put out, any movie suggestions? While we're quarantining, somebody sent him 13 hours. See, people think, I forget. I don't forget nothing. Amen. She still needs to be held accountable Amen. for the 13 people slaughtered at Benghazi. Yes. <laughs> Darn right. You forget nothing. You're like, Tom, you're supposed to forget the past upon repentance. Yes. I'll forgive anybody upon repentance.
13 hours, you sat there for 13 hours? Well, there just wasn't any time. How would you know there was no time? How did you know how long it was gonna go? At the one hour mark, at the two hour mark, at the three hour mark, you're doing nothing? We had jets, we had helicopters within an hour or two of that location and they did nothing. Because if they'll suck you out of the womb, they'll gladly kill you while you're on the planet. You guys, make sure that I got enough volume back there, right? I don't want to have to scream too loud. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Who's susceptible? Those who don't humble themselves. Don't worry about getting attention. Don't, get, don't worry about being thanked. Don't worry that people know that you are fill in the blank. Be like me and sever all of that. And watch God open the doors. Listen, I have, I have struggles in my life. My dog disappeared this morning. He's a struggle. He's back. He was on East River Road. I want to kill him. I hate him right now. Hate him. No, I, I want you to know right out, your pastor, if you call me your pastor, or your brother, or your friend, hates his dog. You know, East River Road is a long way from my house. He takes off. You know why he took off? Because I said, you come. He ran into the woods. <laughs> Heather, Heather knows him. He shows up at their house. They're my neighbors. So then... <laughs> I'll let you go sometime between now and 12.15. Everybody good? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. A lot of people, the people who can't take it have already left. I watch them stream out as they go. <laughs> I saw before worship team was even over, some ladies pulling out of the parking lot. She's done. She must be a part of the fellowship church that used to meet here. I don't care. Understand. Listen, I love all the people from fellowship church. You're welcome to stay, but we ain't changing. If this is for you, it's for you. If it's not, it's not. We're not changing nothing. Right, hey, by the way, we need guitar players, drummers, singers. If you're a part of that, get with Aaron. Seriously. But anyway, back to the dog. So I get a call from my gay neighbor. See, people think that I'm this monster. And I go up to everybody and tell them they're all going to hell. I don't say a word to anybody. Seriously, unless you ask, I don't say nothing. Not a word. You don't want me to be involved in your marriage? Then don't come to me for counsel. Don't want me involved in your child rearing? Don't come to me and say, how do you control Johnny? Don't ask. Obviously, don't ask me about how to control a dog. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. Obviously, I thought I'd cornered the market. I just happened to have a great dog before this one. I've told you, I'd brag from the pulpit all the time. I was little, I'm being honest, I was bragging. 100 yards away, I tell Neela, seats, boom, sat. 
Nothing. I used to, when I walk, she would go park herself under a tree and I'd walk a mile away and come back. There she is under the tree. Because she was done. She's like, I'm done walking. I'm gonna park under the tree. You good, dad? Yep, you're good. See you in a minute. People will drive by and she'd be sitting there. <laughs> How do you control your dog? And I thought I was an expert until now. <laughs> Man, I'm great. So, come, Addie. He runs into the woods. I'm in the woods. I'm late for church this morning. For those of you who saw me come in. I'm in the woods looking for him. He's gone. Calling and calling. Hope drives the neighborhood. Can't find him. So I get a call that he's a mile away from my house out on East River Road where my neighbors who I walk with, these two gay guys, I walk with them all the time with their dogs. So I go there. I show up, pastor of Foundation Church, kind of an imposing figure, big guy, look like a motorcycle guy or redneck or whatever I am. <laughs> Pull up in my car, and there's four neighbors looking at me because I can't control my dog. And I used to think all the time to people, man, they can't control their daggum kid. Give him to me. Back when I was in law enforcement, just get in the back of the police car. And there is my dog. <laughs> And a, there's not a soul in the group that's saved. They've all got control of their dogs. And once again, I'm walking up another driveway to get my dog. I cannot tell you how many times over the last eight months I have walked up people's driveways. You see my dog? I, he ran up here. And see, in my neighborhood, it's not a normal driveway. The driveways are way deep into people's property. So you gotta like breach the property. And I'm walking back there, there's little kids around. I look like some pedo walking in there. <laughs> Stupid dog. So he's currently in prison. <laughs> in the laundry room. And I'm ignoring him. <laughs> it will last. Norma's predicting it won't last. It's going to last. I'm going to hold on this time. <laughs> no, I'm holding on this time. I'm going to make him pay. <laughs> I don't know why I even started talking about the God, but it's, hey, it's humbling. It's very humbling to walk up to all your neighbors getting out of your car and they all got their dogs on leashes, including mine. They leashed mine. <laughs> hey, Tom, we got Eddie. Where's he at? East River Road. Oh, well. I'll finish right here. I'm gonna leave you with this briefly and we'll launch right here next week, Amen. I want to leave this with you because I want you to have this on your mind throughout the week. Are you consumed with people? Because remember the title of this message series is let no one, especially yourself, destroy God's destiny for your life.
Are you consumed with people? Worship team, you guys can make your way. I'm gonna finish here, Aaron. I'll tell you when to start playing. I'm gonna end with something a little bit harsh. Usually I'm not harsh. <laughs> Is this the right spot? Well, that's really not where I wanna be, but yeah, I'll do it. Eh, it's all right. <laughs> I wanna ask you, is your existence so empty that you have to talk about others to give your life life? See, gossip is all about being empty yourself, being consumed with other people. Is your life so empty that in order, or let me put it to you this way, is your existence so empty that you have to talk about others to add life to your existence? Matthew 6, 23, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? 1 Timothy 5, 12 and 13, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. And you're like, Tom, why do you preach such harsh things? It's not me. This is the Bible. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. What they're doing is substituting the life of God for the life of Satan. The excitement of God for the excitement of Satan. But just know this, know this, that the people that you are slaying behind their backs don't know, don't care, they're going to heaven and you're not. Whoops! Right? That's the truth. It doesn't matter how casual you are about it or how nice you are about it. Well, you know, I just, if you do this, I just, you know, I need you to help me pray about something. Camouflage for sin. I told you 1215, it's 1206. Everybody good? Where do you get that from, Tom? Heaven and hell? Because I talk bad about people behind their back? Why would you? What do you hope to gain? What do you hope to gain? It doesn't do anything but tickle your carnality. You ever notice how lousy you feel afterwards? In the midst, it's exciting. It's like snorting cocaine. You're not going to feel great later. And it becomes addictive. Stop talking about people. It does nothing. It's not going to open godly doors for you. It shuts them. Remember when I asked you earlier, and people were like, oh no, not me. Do you feel like people need to be eliminated so that God can fulfill his purpose in your life? They don't. Do you know that's, com that's the essence of communism and socialism? That you have a set amount and that it has to be divvied up amongst the people instead of expand expanding the amount? God is the owner of a cattle upon a thousand hills. He doesn't need, it's, there's enough for all of us. You don't need to badmouth somebody so that you have a place. Leave them alone. They don't even know. They don't even care. And they are going to heaven and you're going to hell. Gossip is a hell-bound sin. Stop doing it. Tom, are you saying you never gossip? Oh, man, I'm chief among sinners. 
I've gossiped about you. I've gossiped at the sheriff's office, but I've turned from my sin. I turned from that three-letter word called sin. 12.08, seven minutes to go. Everybody good? Romans 1, 29 through 30. Don't believe it's heaven and hell sin. Let's look. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Look how it's summed up. They are gossips. And you throttle the worship leader behind his back? And you don't think God cares? He cares. You got something to say? To somebody, what do you do? Moreover, if thy brother, you just go to the word. Go to the Jesus. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. Who said that? Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. You go talk to them to their face or say nothing. Those are your options. Most of the time, what should you do? Say nothing. What's it going to hurt? God will take care of it. Pray over him. And so I do that all the time. Lord, just change him. I hate, I haven't talked to Aaron about this. I hate come to Jesus meetings. Listen, we need to meet about your ministry and it's over. Anytime I get involved, it's over. I try to, I really, I try to shuffle it off onto Hope, onto Aaron, onto Heather, on to Travis, because when I come in, it's over. And I'm nice, I really am, but once I get involved, it's over. I hate those meetings. I just pray over them instead. Revelation 3, 8, I'll close with this. God, as I said earlier, in Psalm 37, 23, your steps are ordered. Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12, for I know the plans I have for you. People, and even, and even John 10, 28, which is always used as an eternal security verse, which is not meant for that at all, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. No person can snatch you out of the hands of God except you. It's always that way. Don't, don't let it, do not let that be you. Final verse, Revelation 3.8. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. So why even concern yourself with people outside of loving them and wanting their salvation? What's the point? If God has opened a door that no one can shut, no one can, then you don't need to say a word about anything about anybody ever. There's no reason. Or are you serving people? The fear of man bringeth a snare. The fear of man, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. When you're gossiping about people, I'm done. There it is. When you're gossiping about people or you're fixated on people, you fear them, you reverence them. We're worshipers of Jesus. We're worshipers of the Holy Ghost. We're worshipers of the mighty God of Israel named Yahweh. We do not worship people. 
And if you gossip about them, you are worshiping people. And listen, you've thrown yourself off course. And maybe even to the place of hell-bound sin. Don't let that be you. Amen? Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.